Welcome back to uh, Believe in the Bronx 2023 edition. We're in spring training, at least I'm down here in uh, Tampa, Florida. Mike Stanton uh, back in Houston, but a uh, lot to talk about it with the, with the Yankees uh, right now uh, in this first uh, week of spring training, first full squad workouts that the Yankees have had, uh, Mike, uh, this week. And, you know, you got to see a little bit of the starting rotation out there today that's always fun the live batting practice uh, sessions i don't know how you felt about them but uh it, it's cool for all of us to to, to see everybody uh, back in action and uh on the main diamond oh there's no doubt i mean this isn't just an exciting time for us as fans for the players it is also you got to remember yeah. these guys have been in the monotonous day-to-day -day routine of the offseason, whether it's picking up the kids at school, your workouts, you know, whatever you're doing. Now you get to get back with your friends. You get to hang out. You know, uh, it, you, know you get back in the clubhouse. You, you kind of pick up right where you left off at the end of the season last year. Uh, and, yeah, this is an exciting time. Now, here in a couple of weeks, it won't be as exciting for the players because now you'll be in the monotony of spring training. And you're waiting for the regular season to start, but yeah, this is a this is a fun time of year. Everyone's excited. Everyone's probably they've been there for a couple of days now. Everyone's a little sore. Uh, doesn't matter how good a shape you're in when you get back on the field, you're always sore. And so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see some of the things that we'll talk about here on this podcast in just a few minutes, but to see what the Yankees do, how they go about some of these situations. But this is a very exciting time for both fans and for the players. Yeah. I mean, they had a crowd out here to see uh, Garrett Cole, Carlos Radon, and Luis Severino uh, throw live uh, for their, their first uh, simulated sessions. They each went uh, to simulated innings, but uh, you know, the, the, the guy that really, you know, you know, popped out today like was louis severino and mm -hmm. you know i was talking to him about for a story we're doing on the record you know about it that he really feels you know this spring especially you know after a shoulder issue in 2019 after tommy john surgery in 2020 after an unlimited number of setbacks that he had even a lat injury he had last year really feels he can trust it now i mean not you know he's he's not leaving spring training uh camp and worrying about waking up with a sore arm and if it, it, even right. if he is a little more than normal soreness he, he doesn't have that weighing on him that that you know this is mm -hmm. this is something that, that could turn into something else he he really feels as free and easy uh, as he's felt since his his last uh, two all-star seasons and that goes back to 2017 2018 yeah i'll tell you what that's great news for yankees fans because you know a lot of people may have a tough time remembering how good this dude can really be. Yeah. Uh, you know, before the first injury, uh, you're talking about a guy that his he was having a spectacular first half, not just an all-star first half. He might have been the leading, you know, the early, uh, the the early lead for the American League Cy Young. That's how good he was. I remember the him facing the Astros a couple times. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, these guys can't fall off a ball, much less you know get a good solid base hit. It's been a long road. There's no doubt about it. It's been a bumpy road. But if he is truly healthy and he is in the right mindset, which that's what it sounds like he is right now, because it's one thing to be able to throw the baseball just as hard as he once did. It's another thing to trust 
that his arm's not going to let go to, you know, to be able to go ahead and cut it loose, go ahead and crank on the breaking ball, whatever it is, and not have that, you know, that little voice in the back of your mind going, okay, yeah, but you got to hold up a little bit because your arm might break. Well, it doesn't sound like that's the case. And that's bad news for the rest of the American League because Luis Severino is a top of the rotation, uh, you know, p- potential Cy Young award winning, or at least, you know, in the race. He's that kind of talent. We just haven't been able to see it in several years. Yeah, that's right. He, I mean, he hasn't thrown, he hasn't made 32 starts since uh, since 2018. Uh, but uh, right, and you look at you look at the Yankee rotation right now. Well, first of all, their their depth is being challenged already with Frankie right. Montas uh, being being out of the picture. Uh, I think they got the best scenario uh, news that they, they could have uh, out, out out of this arthroscopic surgery that. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with a rotator cuff. He, they went and did a labrum cleanup. It, it's a 12-week no-throw. He starts his throwing program back in, in mid to late May, and then maybe they, they get it, some of him in the second half, and, and who knows, uh, there could be a necessity at, at that point uh, or not. But, uh, you know, at least right now the Yankees go in with a big four of, of Cole, Radon, Severino, and Nestor Cortez coming off his his all-star season. And now you've got Domingo Herman. Uh, in there, who you know has been a starter in their past, right. somewhat reliable when he's when he's healthy. Uh, but th- there again, if they have to go beyond that, uh, you know, where is their depth beyond Clark Schmidt, a good pitcher, uh, probably a better reliever right now? He is adding a cutter, which which will uh, lengthen out his repertoire, and the, and, and the first signs of that uh, have come back very positive. So. Uh, but but beyond that, you know, every team worries about their their starting pitching depth. Sure. But uh, right now, the Yankees are getting tested off the bat here. Well, and, and that's the Frankie Montas situation. You know, it's you know, but I don't look at it as big of a deal right now. Now, of course, you're right. The biggest problem isn't that you don't have him because you weren't expecting him at the beginning of the season, anyways. You know, he was gonna be he was gonna be late already. Uh, now, ho- you know. This is actually pretty good news because up until, you know, the reports we've just got after the arthroscopic surgery, we didn't know what was going on. I mean, there could have been something major in there that 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 the, you know, the testing just didn't pick up. So now that they actually got in there, they know what's going on. Now they have a real time frame. You know, for the most part, the shoulder seems to be pretty sound. We'll have to wait and see what he does when he starts throwing again. But the depth is is a big part. You know, they they just can't afford, you know, one of their big four in the rotation to really, you know, even even go down with, you know, just general soreness. You know, they need these guys to be pretty healthy, uh, especially through the first half of the season where, you know, the second half you can make a trade. You can bring somebody up for the minor leagues that's pitching well, whatever it may be. But at this point, that is the big question. I don't think there's any doubt. This is this is a very, very good. This is one of the the, the best rotations in the American League. But, you know, and it's that's a that's a that's a big but that yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta worry about you gotta worry about, you know, if anyone does come up lame. Yeah. You know, and one of the other guys who threw live today too was was Michael King and uh Garrett Cole was was talking about you know how just amazing it is to see him back on the mound competing right. seven months after he uh, had a horrific injury on the field in Baltimore where he he fractured his elbow throwing throwing a pitch but uh, he's he's back out there and not only is he back on the mound but but 
this guy is uh, determined to make this team out of spring training. That all yeah. signs are pointing to the fact that uh, they're getting him ramped up to be on that roster on March thirty uh, first when when they uh, when they open the season against the Giants at, uh, at Yankee Stadium. You may not see him, you know, be the multi inning guy uh, right off right. the bat. There, I would not expect to see him throw more than one inning until we get maybe even to midseason, but uh, just having him back is a huge weapon for this bullpen because they did not have him in the postseason. They did not have Ron Marinaccio uh, in the postseason with a shin injury. Now they've got both those guys uh, on track for opening day. Yeah. Well, with King, I mean, you know, we, if you go and you talk about it, basketball, you know, when somebody has a ankle injury, a lot of times a broken bone is way better than a soft tissue issue. And it's, you know, we don't get this very often with pitchers and elbows, but, you know, bones heal, you know, a lot of times, unless it's a, unless it's a crazy fracture or something like that, they don't really even have to go in and repair it. So it's kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Now we may see him, we'll see how they use him in spring training. If they stretch him out to two innings in spring training, what I don't think we'll see in the regular season is the back-to-back days. I think that whenever he pitches, you know, you go back back in the day, uh, Mara, uh, um, uh, Romero Mendoza was a guy that pitched very few times back-to-back. His arm did not react well uh, to back-to-back days. So he left that, you know, that was left to me and Jeff Nelson, maybe Graham Lloyd, guys like that, that, that their arms did react better. So whenever Ramiro went out there, it was usually for multiple innings. You know, he, right. they didn't send him out there just for 15 pitches. They let him go a little bit because they knew they were going to have to take a day or two off after that. And I think that at least at the beginning of the season, you may see the same thing from King. Yeah, I think they can. They can. Uh, uh, they'll probably dial him back uh, at, at some point in camp too, and then and then ramp up uh, a little more. That's that kind of is their their ammo. When when he'll appear in a game, not not certain. But they usually, as you know, stagger the relievers later anyway because they have to throw right. less to get uh, prepared. But uh, you know, mentioning Mariano's name, uh, it, it always uh, makes me think back to the camps when uh, I was covering him with the Yankees in, in spring training, and you know. Mo would get to a point later in his career and with his status that uh, he never made a road trip in spring training. Was, <laughs> yeah. the, the joke was that Mariano Rivera was not issued a pair of gray pants in, in camp. Right. And, uh, that was not far from the truth, uh, Mike, as you. Yeah, he was right. allergic to the road. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I spent I, I got I was I had enough time in. I didn't make a whole, you know, later in my career, I didn't make a whole lot of road trips either. Even with the Yankees, I, I rarely made a road, a road trip. But a lot of times, you know, Joe Torre always liked to keep a veteran guy for the end of the game. So, you know, Mo would pitch in the fourth inning. You know, and yeah. then he, he's done for the day. Well, I'm still sitting down there in the bullpen because <laughs> Joe wanted to make sure there was a veteran at the end of the game. Couldn't complain. Okay, I got to sit and watch baseball for a few more innings, then get my inning in. But I didn't have to get on the bus at seven o'clock in the morning to hit to head to Dunedin or something like that. Yeah, that's the other part about spring training that that has always uh, perplexed me is that especially on this side of Florida where you've got, you know, the the Phillies are you know twenty minutes over the causeway. Right. Uh, the Blue Jays are another ten minutes away, uh, further out in the, in Dunedin. Uh, you're not far from from Tiger Town in in, in Lakeland, mm-hmm. and I guess the one drawback is that you've you've got a, 
a congregation of teams in your own division that that are in this part of Florida. Sure. You're going to see them a lot anyway. Not as much as you did uh, when they were playing uh, three series and three series. Now at least it's, it's two and two, which is a much better. We can talk about that. A much better, uh, I, I think, a major league baseball schedule. Um, but I mean, why are they going across the state to play uh, St. Louis and Miami later? Why why are they? Uh, you know. Can't, how many trips to Fort Myers do we have to make? Can't, can't we just play the Phillies <laughs> twelve times? You're not going to see them much anyway. Well, it, you got to remember, there's a li- it's got a little bit to do with the other teams, also. Yeah. You know, I spent right. I spent uh, a spring training down in Fort Myers with the Red Sox before I became a Yankee, and it was the worst spring training ever because you only had two teams. You had yeah. the Texas Rangers, which was in Port Charlotte, and then you had the Minnesota Twins, which were there in Fort Myers, you know, uh, eastern Fort Myers. But we did play the Twins, it seemed like, 72 times in a month. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that year, I think it was 96, that year, our first road trip was, of course, to Minnesota. So we, we had to go and play. Course, and the yeah. thing is, you 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 face those guys. You're facing the same guys. You know, a lot of times, you know, especially as a reliever, I might not be facing, you know, the A lineup until the second half of spring training. But, man, it just seems like you're standing out there on the mound and, you know, they know, they know what you like to eat for lunch. They know what pitch you're going to throw in every situation. And, you know, it, and, and it's more mind games than anything else. You know, it's still the hardest thing to do in professional sports is to take a round ball and a round bat at velocity and try and square it up. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there are times that you stand out there on the mound and go, you know what, I've got no tricks for these dudes, and if I miss my spot, they're going to hammer it. So yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying, but I think it's more, you know, you know, spring training is big business for all these towns. You know, this is this is a big draw. It's not just spring break anymore. Now spring training is a big draw also. And, you know, everybody wants the Yankees to come in because one thing you know, Yankees sell out stadiums. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, uh, of course, they, you know, they, they managed to tack on a, uh, an exhibition game in Washington before uh, before they, uh, uh, you know, come and start the season on, on March 31st and all that stuff. I'm, yeah, obviously, every and you were part of the Yankees when it, it seemed like everybody was opening a new stadium, wanted the Yankees <laughs> yes. to, to play their, you know, unofficial right. first first game there. I mean, you guys did that. Night. Did it right here in Houston. Right here right, in Houston. Yeah, Opened a minute made. Well, that, it, was, it was Enron then, but, yeah, Open right. Minute Maid Park. And the reason they did was because the Yankees, a lot of people may not remember this, the Yankees actually opened the Astrodome. The Yankees actually had the first right. games in the Astrodome way back when when that that stadium opened. So that's why that's why they did it. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, they. You know, the Yankees were a big draw. You know, we were the evil empire at the time, and for good reason. We were a very good team. We we were a little bit cocky, maybe sometimes a lot cocky. But right. um, you know, everybody's always trying to knock off the champ. You know, and as. As a reliever, you'll, I, I think you'll appreciate this, that the fact that Tommy Canley is back with, with the Yankees. And, yes. Uh, and, and not only does he bring his, uh, uh, his fastball and his, his changeup, but he brings his quirky personality too. And um, uh, I'm going to have a story uh, later on uh, this week about uh, Tommy Canley's uh, uh, quirky personality and, and, and the fact that this guy is like a, a sports savant. I mean, he, you, you ask him a question about any sport, he, he knows it. But I was just wondering, uh, I mean, the bullpen is famous for, for having, you know, a few odd characters. Any, uh, any come to mind that you spent some time with? 
Oh, I mean, we were all, I mean, you know, the, the, the years that, you know, the last dynasty late to early, late nineties, early two thousands, you know, a lot of the ring leading that was going on, a lot of the antics that were going on in the bullpen was myself and Jeff Nelson. You know, we were both uh, kind of free spirits. We both like to have fun, but yeah, th there's always things going down. Listen, cause you can't pay attention to the game all the time. It'll drive you crazy. By the time you get to the seventh inning, you'll be so drained. So those first few innings, you kind of keep a half eye on the game to make sure something crazy's not going on out there. But you know, you're in the pen and you're you know telling jokes and you know pulling pranks and doing whatever just to just to try and stay sane. Because if you just sat there and watched the game the whole time, you got to remember 162 is a long season. Long yes. Yep, absolutely. Hey, uh, curious what you're uh, what you're thinking about uh, Aaron Judge these days in an encore season. I I, I looked up uh, Roger Maris's numbers at, uh, after sixty one season, thirty three homers, sixty two RBI in nineteen sixty two. That's a great season, except if you compare yeah. it to sixty one. And now right. uh, you, you wonder. Uh, listen, I don't think that anyone wonders how Judge will will handle it as long as he's healthy. Right. Uh, you know, we saw him handle all the pressure of, of, of getting to 62 last year. But uh, you do wonder, you know, what, uh, you know, what the outside uh, noise is going to be like and, you know, yeah. possibly, you know, the, the criticisms from, uh, you know, if, if he hits, uh, I mean, if it's 45 home runs, it's, you know, that's what 17 less than, than he yeah. hit last year. Uh, it's, maybe it's a significant number. But I think as long as the Yankees, are doing what they're supposed to be doing that, you know, that, that focus is, is a little less uh, than, than you would probably think. Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be one of the best players in the American league again. I mean, that's, that's just who he is. That's why he was the MVP and he absolutely deserved it. 100%. Uh, now to put up the same numbers. Well, there's a reason why we call them career years is because usually you only have one of them. And I, I look at it and say, okay, I think a lot of the success or lack of success that Judge has is going to be depending on the guys around him. You know, I think that – and last year it wasn't like, you know, Aaron Judge and the Yankees snuck up on anyone. His season didn't shock anyone. But I think if he's got guys around him where they have to pitch to Aaron, I think yeah. then he can have another big season. But if the guys around him struggle – you know, just why why face him? I know he led the American League in walks last year. He very well may do it again if those guys around him, both in front and behind him, you know, if those guys are having off seasons, why face Aaron Judge? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, there's listen, there were there were this is the guy that carried them the entire second half when they were struggling in that second half and when their you know their their lineup was you know, losing guys left and right, and they they were without Lemayhu, and they were out without Benintendi, and without Stanton yeah. for for a while too. Um, you know, they they basically brought back the same band except uh, for for Benintendi. So they're, you know, the lack of left-handed hitting in that lineup is, is still an issue. Um, there's some age on that on that lineup as well. Uh, Lemayhu is looking uh, and feeling, you know, as good as he's felt. Uh, since prior to the the foot injury, that seemed like it was a uh, a mystery for for a good long time, right. and you wondered even into December whether he was going to have surgery on the on on that uh, he had a fractured sesamoid bone in, the, in his big toe and, and ligament damage in his second toe. But he's feeling good now. But uh, you know, some age on him, 
from A. John Donaldson. Yeah. Uh, so once again, I mean, Aaron Judge is obviously the factor, the focal point of this lineup, but it, you know, he can't do it alone. Oh, he can't. He can't. I mean, this isn't basketball. You can't just take over a baseball. He he tried that, and he actually carried this team offensively in the second half for a little for you know a, a significant amount of time. I just think that the approach to Aaron Judge this year is going to be different if the guys around him aren't doing what they need to be doing. If they're not healthy, if they're not having you know success at the plate, I think really offensively, I think the mo- the 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 most important player that they have is DJ LeMayhew. I think that you know he's the one guy that's not a three true outcome player. You know, he's a contact hitter. He uses the whole field. He gets on base at a high percentage. That's what they need. That's why I thought it was so important. We talked about it, you know, way back uh, just after the season ended about how important Benintendi was going to be because Benintendi is the same type player. Uh, but with with Benintendi going elsewhere, I feel like DJ LeMahieu is really maybe the number one key to them putting up big offensive numbers because they need him on base as much as possible. Right, and uh, he was not on their postseason roster for 2021 yeah. and 2022, and uh, you know what happened in those years. Uh, you know, I guess you know we sat here in uh, mid to late October thinking that uh, you know maybe Josh Donaldson would be an ex-Yankee, Aaron Hicks probably you know would be an ex-Yankee, Glaber Torres uh, might be might be traded. Uh, all those guys are are back this year, uh, and uh, not only that. Uh, you know, as we sit here right now, you still don't know concretely who their left fielder is or who their shortstop is. You have an idea uh, who's if they're healthy. I mean, Hicks is is the guy that's leading the the charge on the depth chart right now, um, but the injury history with him is is undeniable. And uh, you know, for the first time in a long time. Uh, you could possibly have a rookie uh, at shortstop on opening day, and uh, I think Oswald Peraza is certainly the, uh, you know, the, the guy that that management envisions having that job on opening day. But there, there there's a lot of spring training to play out, and uh, and you know, you'll you'll go through all the progressions, the you know, injury and health that has something to do with it. But uh, right now, you're you're, you're looking at uh, you're looking at Peraza at shortstop right now. How do you feel about that? You know, I, I'm okay with it. I, I think. You know, the one thing that that we don't know is what's happening behind closed doors. It's not going to be just on what kind of numbers you put up there in spring training. He might light it up in spring training and then still start in the minor leagues. Okay. Yeah. And you go, well, what else does he have to do? Because that's not that's not just about what he does offensively. It's not, you know, it's not just about what he does on the baseball field. How is, you know, what is he how is his approach off the field? And I'm not saying he's got anything, anything wrong with any of these aspects. I'm just saying there's a lot of factors that go into making the open and day roster. And you may just want to take the pressure off of him a little bit. Because if you talk to Derek Jeter, he'll tell you that, you know. There is pressure just by making the opening day roster and being the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees as a rookie. I mean, that's all, you know, how is he going to, you know, why, why was Derek able to do it? Well, Derek was exceptional in keeping everything in perspective, you know. I think he led the American League in errors that year. Okay, no big yeah. deal. He ended up being a very good shortstop. But you don't know how each player is going to react 
to those type situations when you put the third deck on the stadium. So, you know, you'll have to, we'll just have to wait and see, but there is something to be said about, you know, letting him play maybe the first few weeks of the first month in the minor leagues, just get his feet wet, you know, just get, maybe have some real success at the plate and come up with some, some real confidence. Now, the other side of it is maybe he's just as confident as he's ever going to be. And, you know, he got, he, uh, the Yankees accept what he does in spring training and you go out and, and, and he's your everyday shortstop. So we'll just have to wait and see how it works out. But I don't think it's, it's definitely not written in ink. I think it's written in pencil that he's the shortstop right now, but there's still a lot of spring training, a lot of baseball to happen. We'll have to just wait and see what happens all the way through March. Yeah. I mean, you hear, you know, Boone and, and, uh, and a lot of the Yankees, uh, uh, personal talk about, Peraza, and they're, they're not worried about his 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 heartbeat and uh, you know yeah. the game speeding up on him because he already played. They already saw what he could do, uh, you know, on a limited basis last year. But but yeah. uh, I mean, they threw him into playoff situations, and he he handled that that fine. So, uh, but I wonder if um, you know if he's hit if, if he's hitting one twenty at the end of spring training, does that matter? If he's if he's hitting one twenty at the end of April. Does that matter if yeah. if they're winning um, and his defense is 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 fine? Um, you know, Anthony Volpe is uh, you know still the you know the jewel of their their organization right now. He, I mean, and uh, I, I don't know if uh, you know if if he's you know I'm going to say legitimately up for a job here. I, I think they're they're all up for grabs right now. But but I think he's down the pecking order right now because Barraza's yeah. got the development edge on him. Uh, you know, and and you you still got Isaiah kind of Falefa in this camp now. Whether right. you trade a, an extra infielder at some point this camp or not, he's still on your depth chart. He was still your opening day shortstop last year, and he's still a, a factor on in this line in this uh, on this roster. And uh, you know, maybe they're thinking Volpe could help them. You know, down the road, and it could be at second base, uh, and not not at shortstop. Right. So you, right. at least you have. You have that option there too. I think he's the guy that they're looking at to to sort of develop a little more before asking mm-hmm. him to uh, to be a part of this 2023 uh, club. But he could very well impact him at some point. Well, the the good thing about uh, Kiner Falefa is you know exactly what you're going to get. Okay, he's not he's not a high end offensive player. Never has been. It wasn't at the beginning of the season last year. That's not what they brought him on to be. He was a stopgap to get to. Uh, to get to probably Peraza. So I, I think that, you know, you know, you kind of put him, you know, he's your insurance policy. You know, he's yep. the guy that, okay, we put him in. We know it's going to be solid defense. You know, he may get a hit here or there, but, you know, we know, we we kind of know what he's going to get. That's, you're not exactly sure with Peraza. And I think that's the, that's, that's what you're asking yourself. You know, it's great that he's already got his feet wet in the big leagues, that he already has a little bit of playoff experience. That's all great. But, you know, I played with a few players that were able to play. Mark Wohlers was a guy that pitched in two World Series and started the next year in the minor leagues. Made no sense to anyone, but, you know, it does happen for various reasons. And so you don't always know what's going through the organization's mind, and we don't always know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, we're, we're all, you know, we all fall victim to uh, you know, performance at, at the, in spring training sure. too. Sometimes, if a guy's uh, you know lighting it up or, or not, uh, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, like Kyle Higashioka hit eight home runs, I think last last right. spring. We didn't think he was going to hit six, 62. But I mean that. Yeah, uh, but of the guys that are 
that are fighting for a job in camp. I mean, at some level, performance does factor into to the decision sure whether you're north, north or not, right? Well, you you especially in spring training, you got to take you know you 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 talk to the old timers; they'll take you tell you you have to take spring training numbers and September's numbers with a grain of salt. It's a little different now in September because you don't have as many call ups as you as you did in the past. Uh, you only have a couple now, but spring training, you know, a guy lights it up. Who's he getting his hits off of? You know, is he getting hits late in the game where he's hitting off, you know, number 78 or something like right. that? Or is he actually putting quality at bats together against, you know, the starting pitchers, which are usually the big leaguers or the relievers that come in that are big leaguers, you know? Um, you know, so it, it's it's not just about just the numbers. You also you have to dig in a little bit deeper to find out exactly where are these numbers coming from, who are these at bats coming off of. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that said, I am very excited to see Anthony Volpe uh, in in his first yes. big league camp. To see a, a more of Peraza, uh, uh, you know, who you just hear glowing things about his, his his whole game. Jason Dominguez is in this camp, I and mean, this is a guy who uh, you know they drafted as a teenager. Uh, comes with a nickname, the Martian, for his otherworldly skills, and uh, now we'll get to see <laughs> some of those in uh, in play against against big league competition. So that that's going to be a fun part of this game. It is, and, and and tell you the truth, these are going to be interesting camps across Major League Baseball because of the World Baseball Classic, the WBC. Yeah. That there are, I mean, there's teams. There's I can't remember who it is. There's one team out there. It seems like their whole Major League team is in the WBC. So you're going to get to see a lot more especially when you televise these uh, some of these spring training games. You're going to get to see a lot more of these younger players that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, that we wouldn't really get to see if it wasn't the WBC year. So I love the WBC. I think it's fun. Um, there's not a great time to play it, and that was that's one of the big uh, yeah. negatives about, about having the tournament. But it one of the one of the the positives is you get to see players at the big league level that you don't usually get to see in normal spring trainings. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and um, and obviously for their own uh, goals, long term goals of, of winning a championship and uh, the injury history that's attached to Luis Severino, the Yankees have uh, you know kind of blocked him from pitching for the Dominican right. Republic uh, this year. But Glaber Torres, yeah, there's been several. There's been several across the league yeah. that. Um, the teams, the organizations have strongly advised against the player, especially pitchers. It's one thing position players because they're going to play anyways, yeah. but it's the pitchers. You don't want the pitchers up there ramping it up. Are all the pitchers out there ramping it up? Because we have seen guys get hurt in the WBC, and it has cost the team in the regular season. You got to remember that's still the important part. It's great to put, you know, USA across your chest, but. You know, you're still getting paid in the summer, and you got to make sure that the WBC doesn't get in the way of that. That's right. Uh, the Yankees will have one pitcher going to the WBC. That's uh, Jonathan Loisega pitching for Nicaragua. Uh, they'll have Gleyber Torres playing uh, for Venezuela. I don't know how much playing time he'll get a second base with Altuve there, uh, but he said he's going to DH a few games too. Um, so that um, so we have that to look forward to. Uh, we have the first exhibition games. Uh, here uh, in this part of Florida, coming up this weekend, the Yankees yeah. open uh, in Clearwater, and uh, but it'll be a, a, a little while before the uh, you see the, the the big guns out there. But you'll you'll see right. a couple of bats from uh, from the likes of Stanton and Judge, and that's that's always fun. Yeah, they'll they get the one AB, they'll get the one at bat, and then right. they'll take it to the house. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Long spring training just just uh, getting underway here, but uh, we'll be here with you. 
throughout that and the regular season. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. Mike, thank you. And uh, we'll see you all again on Believe in the Bronx. Enjoy that weather down there in Florida. Ah, I will. <laughs>